0: Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman.
1: The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Second Sunday of Advent. A reading from the book of the prophet Baruch. Jerusalem, take off your robe of mourning and misery. Put on the splendor of glory from God forever. Wrapped in the cloak of justice from God, bear on your head the mitre that displays the glory of the eternal name. For God will show all the earth your splendor. You will be named by God forever, the peace of justice, the glory of God's worship. Up, Jerusalem, stand upon the heights. Look to the east and see your children gathered from the east and the west at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that they are remembered by God. Led away on foot by their enemies, they left you, but God will bring them back to you, borne aloft in glory as on royal thrones. For God has commanded that every lofty mountain be made low, and that the age-old depths and gorges be filled to level ground that Israel may advance secure in the glory of God. The forests and every fragrant kind of tree have overshadowed Israel at God's command, for God is leading Israel in joy by the light of his glory, with his mercy and justice for company. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy.
1: The Lord has done great things for us. We
0: are filled with joy. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing.
1: The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy.
0: Then they said, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed.
1: The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy.
0: Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing.
1: The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy.
0: Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves.
1: The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, I pray always with joy in my every prayer for all of you because of your partnership for the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception, to discern what is of value, so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Eturia and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Kevin, here we are with the second Sunday of Advent. Yes. And coming up this week is a special feast day, the Immaculate Conception. I want to talk a little bit about this feast day because in my opinion it's one of the most commonly misunderstood feast days in the Catholic Church. So the Immaculate Conception is often thought of as the time when the angel announces to the Blessed Virgin that she's going to conceive and have a child. Well, we actually that's, that's the not in, true, is that is the in, <laughs> that is the incarnation, right? <laughs> that's not the Immaculate Conception, but a lot of people connect those two right the immaculate conception is when our blessed mother was conceived in the womb of her mother and that was saint anne and saint Joachim. so when our blessed mother was conceived in the womb of her mother that is the feast that we are celebrating later this week it's called the immaculate conception
0: right and really how fitting that is because christ took flesh and blood from mary and so how important it is for her to also have been sinless So Christ would remain sinless, again, taking that mortal flesh from her. So, yeah, very appropriate. Thank you for that. And we're also, during this Advent season, uh, spending just a second, a minute on the Advent minute. And so on the second Sunday of Advent, uh, I wanted to kind of maybe just reflect on how John and our gospel went through the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming, prepare the way of the Lord. And so how do we, how do I tie that into Advent and maybe some of our Advent symbols that we see uh, I'm going to focus that this week on shepherds. Um, I think in the t- nativity scene, it's easy just to stick them next to the animals in your nativity scene and forget about them. <laughs> so, uh, but I want to kind of spend a minute to see what they can represent for us and how that can be more meaningful this year for us. Um, as we know, Christ came for all, and just as he did that, he came for all because all All need him, right? He doesn't limit himself to a select few. In fact, he made himself first known to these lowly shepherds. And and that leads us to this second point where as lowly shepherds, we also need to caution ourselves against selfish or inordinate wealth. Christ has a special love for the poor, uh, and I think the shepherds represent that. And those who have been given much must also have a great responsibility to charity, So we must never make money or seek power or wealth for our good. It's always for the glory of God and the building of his kingdom. And that leads us to the third point here about how Christ's love is for the humble and the poor in spirit. We know the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We must always realize our dependence on God and have the strength of Job when undergoing difficulties. So again, when you place those shepherds in that nativity scene, think about how they also help prepare the way of the Lord and how God made manifest to them the simple and the humble. So that's our Advent Minute for this week. We will start now with the book of uh, the Prophet Baruch yeah this was written during the
1: babylonian exile and the overall tone of this reading is one of encouragement and optimism a call to rejoice as if freedom was already at hand because god promised that they will return to their homeland
0: yeah exactly and and that really struck me when when i read this first line here Take off your robe of mourning and misery. So I actually kind of spent, that really kind of struck me this time. I thought, let me spend a minute on, what does that all mean? Um, In Judaism, um, Baruch is actually referring to the custom of structured mourning called Shiva. And Shiva actually means to seven, but in Jewish mourning, it's a seven-day mourning period for the immediate family of a deceased member, an immediate member of the family. And there's also this tradition called sitting Shiva, which is to create an environment of comfort and community for the mourners and it helps guide friends and family members through the loss of a loved one. And and you know when you think about it, if you've ever seen, you know, how beautiful it is say from our baptism at the beginning of our lives and if you ever have gone to a Catholic funeral, how beautiful that structured mourning and that completion in that circle is. I think that really is something that the Shiva does and really provides that that structure and that beauty. Um, and what happens here is it's called sitting Shiva because traditionally mourners sat on these low stools or boxes while they received visitors and condolence calls. And And what they did is they were also required to abstain from some of the most basic functions of everyday life, cooking and preparing meals. So not only was there an emotional support from the visitors coming to be with them, but also then a physical support of meals and and all those other sorts of things. So it was a wonderful coming together of community. And again, that that circle of life and how beautiful that they closed out that uh, life through that That's Shiva. But now what Baruch is saying is, is tear off that mourning robe. Shiva is finished. We need to go ahead and now prepare for joy.
1: Exactly. That is that joyful call that that we're hearing in this first reading. And you know, really, that's the underlying message of the gospel as a whole. The good news that God made a promise and God's promise is a sure thing. It will not be diminished by any worldly power or principalities. But you know, how did they end up in Babylonia in the first place? right? How did they end up as slaves? Well, the leaders of the Israelites lost interest in living holy lives. They developed attachments to pagan worship and embraced sinful practices and taught others to do the same. As they turned away from God, they also distanced themselves from God's grace and eventually found themselves captives of King Nebuchadnezzar living in exile in Babylonia. You know, Kevin, the war is upon us. The church is being attacked both from the outside and sadly also from within her own walls. We need holy and steadfast leaders to stand up against those who would like to stamp out the truth that Jesus brought into the world. Leaders who will keep the church on course and lead her members on the path of righteousness so that we do not drift away from God's grace. And as members of the church, the mystical body of Christ, we may have to suffer due to the infidelity of our leaders, but we can take comfort in knowing that God's promise will be fulfilled and those who remain faithful will one day be wrapped in the cloak of justice from God and will bear the miter that displays the glory of the eternal name.
0: Wow. Amen to that. And really what I hear you saying also is how important it is for us to intercede for all of our brothers in our church for that strength for that that emotional and spiritual and physical strength Mm -hmm. and and i really see that in the second reading today in saint paul's writing to the philippians he says i pray always with joy in my every prayer for all of you uh this really to me is a beautiful example of intercession and really since abraham intercessions or asking on behalf of another has been characteristic of a heart that's attuned to god's mercy and in our age of the church today Christian intercession participates in Christ as an expression of the communion of saints and how important that is. And as part of this intercession, what I really would like for us to ask about is really how we can, much at the end of this reading, discern what is of value. When we ask for the intercession, let's ask for the Holy Spirit to help all of us discern what is of value. I mean, really, these are a couple of questions us. What is of value to us? You know, how do we discern to reflect on what is of value and how do we properly form our conscience.
1: And and that's exactly it. It comes, like you said, through the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. And as we grow in love for the things that are of heaven, we learn to detach from worldly desires and our ability to resist temptation grows stronger because we no longer want it the way that we may have wanted it at one time.
0: Yeah. And what we see, if we intercede for each other, we can see the fruits of this righteousness. We can see peace and purity, clarity of truth that we've been talking about and love and how important that is let's spend a little uh, bit of time in the gospel here. We have, of course, (laughs) the words of the prophet Isaiah, as uh, Paul called out, prepare the way of the Lord.
1: Mm -hmm, Yeah. St. Luke quotes the passage from the prophet Isaiah. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And St. Luke quotes this from Isaiah. He does this as a cue to his audience that John the Baptist is the one who Isaiah prophesied about, though he is the one that was crying in the desert to prepare the way of the Lord.
0: So we need to prepare. What can each of us do this week to prepare our hearts for the Lord? Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I-Radio.com.